Say, friends, wherever you are tonight, whether you're in the snows of New England or up in the Northwest or on the warm tropical beaches of the Florida coast, I really hope that you're getting into the spirit of this Christmas sing. I don't mean just sitting back in your easy chair listening to us have all the fun. I mean throwing back your heads, opening up your hearts, and singing as loud or as pretty as you know how. Gang singing is a lot more fun than you'll ever know unless, well, unless you give it a whirl sometime. So come on now, join me in the first Noel. If you don't know the words, why, hum a little, tap your feet, or gee whiz, do something. You ready? This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 52 of the Catholic Foodie. Plus, I could be your bodyguard. Welcome, welcome to the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. This is Jeff Young, I'm your host, and uh, I'm glad you're here. It's, it's a good day today, very good day. And I've got uh, a wonderful interview to share with you with Father Larry Richards, who wrote a book called Be a Man, uh, Becoming the Man That God Created You to Be. I had a wonderful conversation with him just the other day, and I'm so excited to get to share that with you. Also, I want to talk to you about a fantastic Mac application. And I have a yummy soup to share with you. It's got some curry in it, some chicken, and some other good stuff. Here at the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. Just a few things today, folks. Not too much uh, on the menu. This is the day before the fourth Sunday of Advent. So tomorrow is Sunday. This is Saturday. It's not my usual day to podcast, but tomorrow night or tomorrow afternoon, we are going to Baton Rouge for a baptism. Uh, My wife's brother and his wife, uh, they're going to baptize their uh, their latest baby, their latest child. So we'll be in Baton Rouge for that. Very good, very exciting. We get to eat some yummy Lebanese food once again. Very excited about that. And uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, today we've got some good stuff. Uh, as I mentioned already, we do have the interview. I want to share that with you. I also want to talk to you about this Mac application. And if you don't have a Mac, that's okay. I think you'll enjoy this. It's all about protection. All about protection, being uh, safe online, being safe with your uh, your uh, secure or sensitive rather sensitive information, and uh, I think Father Larry is talking about that too. Being safe, being protective as a man of your family and, and those who are in your life, even if they're not your family, right? Your friends and those who you influence in your life. Uh, and oh goodness gracious, I made a soup the other night. <laughs> You talk about good. I mean, it was a. It took a while. It was. Uh, it was a long soup to prepare. Um, partly because I was so tired, I could not move too quickly. I was just exhausted. I mean, this is exam week. Uh, I administered my last exam yesterday, so now I'm off. I think for about 17 days. And man, am I excited about that! I am so excited about that. So uh, I want to share this recipe with you as well. But first. Why don't we get into uh, to this interview? I want to share the interview with you first today. So this is my discussion, my conversation with Father Larry Richards, author of Be a Man, Becoming the Man that God Created You to Be. Well, we're very fortunate today to have Father Larry Richards with us. Uh, Father Larry Richards has a new book out called Be a Man, 
Becoming the Man God Created You to Be. And I am so excited to have him here. Let me tell you a little bit about Father Larry. Uh, he is a popular, captivating preacher and a favorite speaker at Catholic men's conferences. He also serves as the pastor of an inner-city uh, parish, St. Joseph Church Bread of Life Community in Erie, Pennsylvania. Father Richards has been a high, uh, high school chaplain, a counselor, and an evangelist. He's directed hundreds of retreats and parish missions around the United States. His inspirational and challenging talks have changed the hearts, the minds, and the lives of millions worldwide. Born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Father Richards attended college seminary at Gannon University, where he received his Bachelor of Science degree in mental health counseling in 1983. He continued his studies at the major seminary at St. Vincent in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, and received his Master's of Divinity degree in 1987. He will soon complete his Master of Arts degree in liturgy from the University of Notre Dame. Father Larry Richards was ordained a priest for the Diocese of Erie in 1989. He's the founder of the Reason for Our Hope Foundation and the spiritual director of Tech to Encounter Christ, the retreat program for the, for the Diocese of Erie. And as I said, I'm very excited to have Father Larry with us. And uh, Father Larry, welcome. Good to be with you, Jeff. Well, I, I love uh, the title of your book. That is, uh, it, it speaks to me, of course, as a man. But be a man, becoming the man God created you to be. And I have to tell you that one of the prayers I've been praying, particularly since my marriage and uh, about, what, 11 years ago now, and, and having my children, three children, one of the prayers I pray on a regular basis is, Jesus, make me into the man that you want me to be. What a prayer, great prayer. So um, I think that's about what it's at. You know, the, the whole thing of being created who, just being who God created us to be is the best thing you could ever imagine. You know, like a bird, if a bird wants to fly, that's what it, God created him to do. If a bird wants to swim, that ain't going to work, you know, right. unless it's a particular type bird. But anyway, you become all that God creates you to be, and that's what the book's about, just being who God created you to be. Now, this is your, your first book. Uh, what was the inspiration behind it? Why, why did you feel the need to, uh, to write this book? Well, I've been dealing with uh, men since I've been ordained 20 years ago, but, uh, you know, I taught all boys in an all-boy Catholic high school for eight years at Cathedral Prep in Erie, PA. And so in, in watching these boys be formed, uh, the society doesn't give them any tools about how to truly be men. There is no pattern out there. And so there, and then I've been speaking at these men's conferences for years, and uh, I just think so often that uh, the, the people would speak with me would like, like pussyfoot around things with the guys. You know, like I was at one conference and the guy got up and says, you know, guys, I know it's hard, you know, to pray. So maybe, maybe you could like try to pray and, uh, you know, think when you're driving the car, you know, think of the 10 bumps and try to say, you know, 10 Hail Marys every day. And, you know, and I'm sitting there, oh, so I get up and I say, gentlemen, you either pray every day or you're going to hell. It's that <laughs> Come on, gentlemen. Oh, try to pray. God isn't, you know, you know what is this stuff? You know? so I just think that the reality is that at the end of our life, the God of the universe looks at you and me and says, I love you very much. I will now give you what you love the most forever. And if it's right. anything other than him, that's what it'll give us. And by definition, that's hell. You know, so we got to sit there and think, am I a person who, like David, which is, that's where I get the whole title of the book is, from King David. It's the last words he says to his son Solomon before David dies. And he says, take courage and be a man. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, here was a man who lived this and who uh, uh, was a sinful person, was a murderer, rapist, adulterer, you could name it. And yet God would say about him in the Old Testament and in the New through Paul, here is David, a man after my own heart. And so the words that he would give to his son is, take courage to be a man. As I just think that's something that we have to all hear. And we got, because then he goes on and fight my enemies and that, you know, it takes a lot to be a man. He, he explains that to him. But so same for us. It takes a lot to be a man. It costs us our lives. And uh, that's what God wants us to be. Wow. Uh, you mentioned King David in the Old Testament, which, I mean, actually, you mentioned two people from Scripture just now. And both of them I have a particular uh, attraction to. Uh, King David in the Old Testament, because he is sinful, but he's still a man after God's own heart. And then St. Paul in the New Testament, I have a particular devotion to St. Paul. Uh, Can you maybe give us a few words on how St. Paul epitomizes or or, or calls us all to be a man? I think the mentoring relationship he had with Timothy is really the key, and that's what I like to focus on. So for like for men, I think one of the greatest things they can do if they're you know trying to find out is read the letter of Paul to Timothy, because Timothy was really, uh, Paul calls him a spiritual son. And Timothy was a bishop, he was a priest, he was a man, and so he sits there and he outlines to him what to do. And one of the greatest things is when he talks to Timothy in Second Timothy, it says, the spirit that God has given us is no cowardly spirit, mm-hmm. but one that makes us strong, loving, and wise. And that's three chapters of the book there, what, what's it mean to be strong, loving, and wise? What's it mean to live by your life by the Holy Spirit? And I think Paul is uh, very much like David. I mean, in lots of ways, he was a murderer, too. He murdered Christians, you right, know, right. and yet he was so strong in what he believed, and yet God had to knock him down, and in that humility and in his weakness, that he still strove with all his heart that I no longer live, but Christ lives inside of me, as it says in Galatians 2.19, that here was a man who was transformed. And you know, again, when I do men's conferences, I'm hearing men's confessions, and they say, Father, I've been struggling with the same thing year after year, and I say, stop. What, Father? I said, say it again, and they'll say it again. I'll say, stop, and I'll say, say it again. And I'll say, look at man, I go, what's the matter? And they said, the problem is you keep saying, Father, I've been. That's not a Christian. A Christian isn't one who tries to live a moral life. Atheists can live moral lives. Buddhists can live moral lives. Jewish people can live moral lives. Pagans can live moral life. A Christian is one who no longer lives, but Christ lives his life through them. And so what I say is, like, so if you're struggling, stop it. Get out of the way and let Christ live his life through you and deal with this stuff in your life. And Paul is the example of how to do that. That is powerful. Wow. Uh, and I, I can relate, you know. I, I, matter of fact, I teach high school as well, and uh, I teach all boys. And I've been I've been uh, in either uh, uh, youth ministry or teaching for uh, goodness gracious, I don't know, fifteen, seventeen years, something like that. And uh, over and over again, I say that I, I see the same thing. You know, people complain when you're teaching about confession. Well, I just confess the same thing over and over again. And it's like, well. Uh, you know, if you weren't confessing the same thing over again, and you were going in with a new sin every time, that would <laughs> that would not <laughs> be, be worse. <laughs> that would not be good. But but that's I think uh, that's probably some of the best advice I've ever heard. That that it's it's Christ who has to deal with the stuff in our lives, and what we I, I'm I'm guessing here that what we have to do our job is to just attach ourselves, focus ourselves on Jesus Christ. Exactly. And that's why we've got to be truly men of prayer and truly men of the Word. You know, that the Word uh, 
transforms us. It has power in our lives. And again, most men don't sit there and spend enough time with the Word, so they don't, they don't avail themselves of the power that God wants to give them. And, you know, it's funny, there's an expression uh, when referring to, uh, to taking in Scripture, to reading Scripture, and I, I guess it's really referring to meditation. It, it's to, to eat or to chew the Word of God, to eat the Word of God. Uh, you know the, the phrase, the expression I'm talking about? Yes, and I think it's, it's so, just the whole reality, the Word of God, if you read John chapter 6, when he sits there and he's talking about the bread of life, and that, that he's talking about the Word, too, there. And right. to eat that is not just the sacramental thing, but to eat his daily Word and his, his, his teaching. And so it's, a, it's a, not either or, of course, it's always both and. And so when we truly eat and we feast on God's Word, you know, the... the uh, the, the, the word in the John 6 is to gnaw, you know, mm, to really right. eat and grab, and, and that's what we got to do and dwell into the sacrament of the Eucharist, of course, but also to dwell into God's Word. And it was one of our saints, of course, St. Jerome, it says, ignorance of the Bible is ignorance of Christ. And so that's why the whole, bio, the whole book is very based in Scripture, and the challenge, like there's 30 things you must do to be a man. And one of the things is you got to commit yourself to daily Scripture reading, because that means God is in charge of your life every day instead of you. Instead of saying, hey, God, i got a lot to do. Please bless me today and guide me, you know, and uh, do this stuff. No, no, no. It's about saying, God, I have a lot to do today, but I'll put all that aside. You tell me what to do, wow. and then I'll do anything you want. And that's the way we've got to come before God. And when we do that, when we eat the Word, of course, then we become who we eat, if you will. Right, right. Well, you know, uh, I, I teach the high school students, but I also uh, I speak to parents quite a bit, and I've noticed both on on both sides the the teenagers and also the parents uh a, a tremendous lack of knowledge of scripture uh so on a practical level what what kind of recommendations do you have for us men on how to go about eating the word my my thing the thing i say every time is no bible no breakfast no bible no bed and so what I encourage men to do is this very day, if they're listening, go get a Bible. Some of them don't even own a Bible, so you've got to go get a Bible, and you've got to make sure it's a Catholic Bible because we have more books in it. And you look at it when you buy it, you know, it says the Catholic edition right on it. And then you take that and you put it right next to your bedstand, wherever you sleep. And then every night before you go to bed, you pray the Holy Spirit, and then you slowly start reading God's Word until God takes a two-by-four and whacks you over the head. And I promise you, He will. You don't just try to read it from cover to cover. Oh, I read the whole Bible. That just fills your pride. But if you pray to God's Spirit and you read until God hits you, then stop, then listen, and respond. Same thing in the morning before you get out of bed. You're, the Bible's right there. You grab the Bible, pray the Holy Spirit. Lead me, read until God hits you bef- between the eyes of a two-by-four, stop, listen. If you do it in the morning, when you do it in the morning, you write that verse down, and you put it in your pocket, and then all day you bring that out. So God is speaking to you all day, and you're responding to him. This is relationship, as opposed to just saying, you're our Father, Hail Mary, whatever, and then go and do what you want to do for the day. That's really not the way God's calling us. Remember, this, the prophets would come before God and say, Speak, Lord, I'm listening, not shut up, God, I'm talking. And so we've got to have that heart that's listening, and the only way you can really listen to God is to spend time with Him in His Word. Wow. And, and, uh, and the way you talk about this as a, as a relationship, it's, you know, no matter where we are, I guess, no matter where we are in life, no matter where we are as far as our faith goes or religion, uh, um, uh, what, what, whatever we're struggling with in life, whatever it is, that we go to God anyway, uh, that we uh, uh, present ourselves 
before God, uh, uh, eat the word, uh, because as you said earlier, um, in eating the word, that's how that's how Christ will will change us. Um, wow, I mean that's <laughs> we should be fearless then. Absolutely, but again, the the key is is having this committed time with the Lord every day. You know, again, when I'm doing the men's conference and I'm hearing men's confessions, and I'll say, oh, you know, I have this thing for the questions for for confession. And so most people go that way, and so I'll go in. The first question is, do you pray every day? And what I hear more than anything else is, oh, I try, Father. And I go, whack! What do you mean you try? Do you try to eat every day? Do you try to watch TV every day? Do you try to go to work today? What? Come on. You, you try to pray. What's more important, praying or eating? And they'll say, well, praying, well, I say, well, prove it. I mean, again, wow. you can't be a man of God unless you have committed prayer with the Lord every day. And it's a matter of priority. So, again, if people are saying, well, I'm trying, I said, I don't want to hear it. Your priorities are screwed up. You don't try to pray. You pray. Mm. And then everything else. Seek ye first the kingdom, and everything else will be given to you. Don't seek uh, everything else and try to fit the kingdom into your life. It doesn't work that way. Oh, wow. Well, uh, you know, at the, at the Catholic Foodie, I, I talk a lot about family and families eating together. Uh, and and right. so I can I can see, you know, we have the table of, of the family table, the table at home, the dinner table where we gather together and we we eat our food. And of course, I mean, I know in our in our family, and I encourage others as well to give thanks to God and to ask Him to bless us and to bless the food before we uh, before we eat. Uh, but that is really almost just an image of the family of God getting together around the uh, God's table, the altar, absolutely, uh, where we're fed once again with uh, with the bread of life and also the word, the word of God. Um, what about reading scripture with, with family? What about, uh, uh, men, I guess, kind of taking that, that role of, uh, maybe leader in, in the family and trying to, uh, to, to lead the family, wife, children in prayer and, and in reading the scriptures. Any, any thoughts about that? Well, I think a good thing to do is at the dinner time to, to read a scripture or two at dinner and make it part of the prayer. So again, instead of just talking to God, even as a family, you're listening to God. God speaks to you every night at dinner by reading a verse. And if, again, if you're a man of God and, you, and God hits you with that verse in the morning, you bring that verse to your family that night at the dinner table. So again, God's always saying something to you at your dinner table. And one of the realities is, is like Danny Abramowitz, who's a great guy, he used to be down in your area for a while. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, and Danny loves when I speak with him. He goes around and he says, gentlemen, your boys will always love mother, but they're always <laughs> going to be just like you. They're always going to be want to be just like dad. So the number one thing a man got to be is an example of Christ to his family. And uh, one of the things he has to do with that is he has to be able to protect them. Again, at a conference, I'll sit there and I'll get up and I'll say, gentlemen, if someone was going to jump into your, break into your house tonight and rape your wife and kill your children, would you do everything in your power to stop them, even die? And they always scream, yes, father! I go, oh, I'm impressed. <laughs> well, the world, the flesh, and the devil are going after your wife and kids every day. Because you're a spiritual wimp, because you're not being a man of God and a man of prayer, you let your family unprotected. Wow. And so your number one job, you're missing, you're messing up. You must become a man of prayer. You've got to get on your knees every day. And then you've got to look at the world, the flesh, and the devil and say, you've got to go through me to get to my wife and kids. Wow. And if you're not being a man of prayer, you're not being a man who's protecting your family. That, that's, uh, that, that, wow. <laughs> and it's, it's a kick in the butt, but on purpose, so people realize, wow, I am letting my family unprotected. That's wow. Right. 
You know, if that's, that's right. one of the things I'm to do to provide for them and protect them, I got to provide for them the Word of God, and I got to protect them by the, my prayers. And that really it reminds me of uh, of the Garden of Eden. I mean, Adam Adam was the one who was given charge of the garden, and what happened? We we say that sin entered the world through through Eve and her eating the apple, but uh, you know, Scripture scholars say that Adam was right there. Absolutely, right next to her, and he kept his mouth shut. That's right. Not doing what he was supposed to do as a man. Golly. And that's why she fell. And that happens every day in, you know, families all around the the country, all around the world, especially in the Catholics, because Catholic men are not standing up to the plate that they need to. It's changing, you know, slowly changing. And men's conferences around the country, you know, we did one up in Boston. We were hoping for 500, and we had 2,000. We did in Milwaukee, 500, 2,000. The second year... 4,000 men, because there's a hunger there, and they want to be challenged to be the best they can be. Mm. Well, you know, one of the things I really love about your book is uh, you've got these very practical uh, steps, these, these, these actions that we can take uh, at the end of every chapter, but also at the end of the book. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, you make some sort of a guarantee about these, uh, these tasks. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, the, the, the thing of it is, is using these things, it's the pattern of life to how to live your life, to give a man some kind of, you know, for me to, when I'm going to spend a, uh, time reading any kind of book, I want something to change my life. I want it to make a difference to me. You know, I don't, don't want to like nice thoughts about it. So these, when I was praying about it, these are the things the Lord put on my heart to sit there and say, okay, these are the things we should be doing as a man. And so I gave these 30 things men, men must do to be truly, to be who the person God created them to be. And the promise is always your life will change forever. Why? Because now you're letting God be in charge of your life. Mm. And it's very simple things. You know, you become a man of prayer. You commit yourself to prayer every day. You become a man who reads God's Word. You become a man who does a, one act of selfish, selflessness every day. And I make it very practical. Go to your bathroom, put three words on your mirror, I am third. And every day before you go to bed, reflect on your life, do your examination of conscience, and think that I commit one unselfish act today. And if the answer is no, you wasted your life in Christ today because it was oh, wow. a day of selfishness. Mm. You know, so it's very practical about, okay, do these things, learn, let them be patterns in your life, and chance, be transformed. And so, like, in the very last uh, two chapters is about being a man who's holy and be a man who's going to change the world. Holiness, to me, is when God's will and our will become one. Mm-hmm. When we live God's will in our life, then we are holy. It's not a goal in itself. It's a product of love. And then when you sit there, and like when Mary or Joseph put their their will to the will of God, like when Mary said, fiat, let it be done to me. When Joseph, when an angel told him what to do and he was obedient, then the world was changed because life came into the world. And when you and I take our life and our will and we put it under the will of God, then the world will change beginning with our hearts and our families. Wow. Wow. Well, uh, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is powerful stuff. And I tell you, I mean, it's your first book. And it, Father Larry, I am so glad that you wrote it. Uh, I mean, this is something that, uh, that is, is right here. It's, it's by my bedside and something that I am reading. And uh, I'm really I'm taking to heart your words, especially about Scripture. Because even as a, as a teacher, as a, as a youth minister, um, you know, life is busy, and I try to spend time in prayer every day, uh, but sometimes that prayer doesn't always include reading the Bible. So uh, mm-hmm. you are putting a fire, lighting a fire under my behind. 
<laughs> and I, Good. And I thank you for it. I thank you for it. Sure. So, well, it was, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. I thank you so much. And uh, I'm going to put links in the show notes for, uh, for anybody who's interested. Once again, the book is Be a Man, Becoming the Man God Created You to Be by Father Larry Richards. Father Larry, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. And God bless everyone who's listening to you now. It was such a pleasure to speak with Father Larry, and I'm serious. I mean, he really did light a fire under my behind with this book. And if you're on Ustream, you can see it right now. It's Be a Man, Becoming the Man, or Be, yeah, be a Man, Becoming the Man that God Created You to Be. Fantastic book. Uh, if you are a man, you may want to consider getting this book. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Uh, I believe it is available at the Catholic Company, catholiccompany.com. It's published by Ignatius Press. Uh, also, if you are not a man, if you're a woman, uh, and you have a man in your life that, uh, that, that, well, all of us, I guess, can, can grow closer to Christ, if you have a man in your life who could benefit from this, think about picking up a copy. We have a week before Christmas. It would make an excellent Christmas gift. So, Father Larry Richards, be a man, becoming the man that God created you to be. You're right. Who's the only one here who knows the illegal ninja moves from the government? You know, there's like a buttload of games at this school. This one game kept wanting me to join because I'm pretty good with the bow staff. If you need to use any of my skills, I can do whatever you want. Plus, I could be your bodyguard, too. Plus, I can be your bodyguard, too. That's uh, the whole point about being a man... Uh, is is that you're going to be close to God, first of all, but also the necessity of us men standing up and protecting our, our wives and children, our families. And uh, so I, I like that quote from uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, Plus, I could be your bodyguard, too. Uh, and also, uh, speaking of bodyguards and speaking of uh, protection, I want to talk to you about a Mac application that I just absolutely love. It is called 1Password. Uh, 1Password is developed by Agile Web Solutions, which you can find at agilewebsolutions.com. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about this and why I love it so much. This is probably one of the top two or three applications on my Mac. And the reason is, well, there's, <laughs> there's so many reasons. One of the reasons is that it takes all my passwords. You know, and if you're like me, you know, you go to all these different sites, you have these different accounts all over the place, and you have just passwords everywhere. Um, and one of the biggest mistakes is to have the same password for all your sites. And that's what a lot of people do just because it's easy to remember. You can't remember all these passwords all over the place. <clears throat> but the good thing about 1Password is with 1Password, you don't have to remember everything. Uh, it's all right there in the application. It's all secure. Uh, you have to know a master password. And with that master password, you can access all these other passwords. I probably have hundreds of passwords in my uh, 1Password application, and I don't have to remember any of them. I just have to remember that one. And with that one master password, I can open it up and find any other application, any other um, uh, password that I need. Now, one of the cool things is when you go in, if you're, if you're uh, somewhere where you just need to, to copy the password, 
you can't even see it, or you, you don't have to see it. It's just those little uh, dots, right, in the blank. Uh, you can just click on it. It automatically copies, and then you can go paste it wherever you want to. Cool thing about that, too, is that there's a security feature. Is after 90, is it 90 seconds? I can't remember exactly how long. Uh, it will automatically delete the password off of your clipboard, right? So you've copied it, pasted it, but after that, uh, it's gone. So you don't have to worry about anybody accessing your clipboard and finding your uh, your passwords. So lots of, uh, I mean, you, you've, you've got uh, the, the logins for all these websites. Matter of fact, 1Password will, uh, it, it, it works with your browsers. Uh, I use three browsers, by the way, and I use them for different reasons. I use Safari, uh, Firefox, and Flock. And it integrates with all three of those browsers, plus many more. And what it'll do is it'll put a, a button there in the browser interface. So when I go to a website where I have a password, I have an account, all I do is I click on that button, and it asks if I want to log in to that particular site. And uh, click Yes, uh, and it'll have me type in my master password, and it logs me in. I don't have to go and, and copy and paste even. I'm right there in the application, or in the browser, rather. Uh, I'm able to access all my passwords. I mean, it's just phenomenal. In addition to that, this is one of the other really, really cool things about this. They also have a iPhone application. So you can sync all your passwords with your iPhone. And you have them wherever you go. Not only that, but on uh, the, the Safari browser on the iPhone, there is a, uh, a 1Password bookmarklet. So even when I am browsing in Safari on my iPhone, if I come to a site that I want to log into, uh, all I have to do is click on that bookmarklet, and it will open up 1Password right there on the iPhone and uh, get my login information, take me back to Safari, and boom. It puts the, the information in there, and I'm logged in. I mean, this is a phenomenal application. This, you, can you see why it's like one of my top two or three applications? Uh, I mean, I, I just absolutely love this thing. So you can take everything with you wherever you go. In addition, by the way, in addition to logins, it also handles things like um, uh, other kind of sensitive information. You can make sensitive notes, uh, secure notes if you want. Uh, all your credit card, passports, driver's license, all this uh, social social security numbers, all these different things that uh, information that, you know, it's kind of hard to uh, keep track of all this stuff. You can put it all right there in one password and it's it's secure. You can back it up. You have uh, so you don't have to worry about losing the information. You can back it up. It's all password protected, and it's all there, so you don't have to remember it. You don't have to think about it. That's, for me, one of the best things. Uh, I've got so much going on in life and only so much hard hard drive space up here in my brain, right? And uh, so I can't keep it all there accessible, and I don't have to with one password. That's what I love about it. Uh, Evernote is another application where you can, it's kind of like an external brain. You can throw all kind of stuff into it. And uh, it's all searchable. You can find it. Matter of fact, I believe some of that stuff is uh, is password protected and all that. But when it comes to secure or sensitive data, sensitive information like logins, account numbers, bank stuff, right? All these different types of information, um, I would trust one password 
but I really wouldn't wouldn't want to trust uh, Evernote with that kind of information. So um, anyway, you may want to consider uh, checking this one out. It's at agilewebsolutions.com. Uh, it's called One Password, and uh, it is it is just phenomenal. If you want to buy yourself a Christmas present this year, and you're on a Mac, I would recommend this particular application. And for those of you who are not on a Mac, if there is an application out there somewhere for Windows, for a PC, let me know. I'd be very curious to know that. Uh, you can uh, give me a call at 985-635-4974 or send me an email, catholicfoodie at gmail.com. Oh, you got to taste this! This is, oh, it's got this kind of it's burning, melty, it's not really a smoky taste. It, it, it's a certain, oh, it, it's kind of like a, you know, it's got like this boom, zap kind of taste. Don't you think? What, what would you call that flavor? Lightning-y? Yeah. It's lightning-y! Oh, we gotta do that again! Okay, when the next storm comes, we'll go up on the roof. I know what this needs. Saffron. A little saffron would make this. Saffron. Why do I get the feeling it's, it's in, in the, the kitchen? kitchen. Well, we're going to step into the kitchen just for a minute. Uh, the other day, as I mentioned earlier, I made this soup, and it's a, um, it is a curry soup with chicken and sweet potatoes. And, oh, my goodness, this was unbelievable. It was a fantastic soup. I was so impressed with it. I, I, I didn't expect it to be as good as it, uh, as it was. And it's the, all the flavors that come together in this soup – I didn't expect them to uh, uh, to mix that well together. Uh, you know, I mean, sweet potato, chicken, curry, uh, fish sauce. I mean, what, what's what's the deal? All these different uh, uh, ingredients, and they have distinct flavors. How can they taste good together? But let me tell you, they they taste incredibly good together, incredibly well, incredibly good. I don't know. It's delicious. Uh, but li- listen to some of these things. You've got uh, shallots. Uh, garlic, of course, you gotta have garlic. Uh, shallots, garlic, uh, fresh ginger. I uh, used a lot of fresh ginger. Uh, curry. I used uh, a powdered curry, a spicy yellow powdered curry, and also uh, a red curry paste. Uh, let's see. I used a jalapeno pepper, uh, chopped. I used two cans, fourteen ounce cans of unsweetened coconut milk. I use the organic kind. So uh, coconut milk. Oh, chicken stock. I had made this stock. That's the reason why I, I wanted to do this recipe. I made this chicken stock the other, about, I don't know, four or five days ago. And I had, I used it for something and, and I had, I made so much. I just had a ton left. I said, well, it would be great to make a soup. Like, what, what can I make? And I came across this particular recipe, which on Epicurious, by the way, epicurious.com. But the recipe I'm giving you right now is not the one that was posted on Epicurious. The one I'm giving you right now is is uh, my version. I changed things up a bit, and and but oh, you talk about good. So uh, I used the remainder of my chicken stock, which was it was a lot. I, I need to figure out exactly how much that was. I I don't remember how much uh, my pot holds. I have to check that for you. Uh, also, fish sauce. Uh, use that to uh, give a little a little flavor, a little Asian flavor, and also it adds some sodium, right? It adds some salt to it, so it uh, uh, seasons the uh, the soup a bit. Uh, sugar, two teaspoons of sugar, that was it. Uh, snow peas, I put some snow peas in. Actually, 
The snow peas were added to the bowls individually before you pour the soup into the bowls. That, that was good. And it kind of preserves that texture, the, the crispiness of the snow peas. If you put them into the soup and let them cook in the soup, then, of course, they would get soft and mushy. Uh, sweet potatoes. I put, I think, six small. They weren't really that big. Maybe six uh, or so small um, sweet potatoes in the soup. And you, 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 you chop, you cube them is what you do. You cube the sweet potatoes, you uh, pre-boil them uh, for maybe six, seven minutes, eight minutes, just enough to get them soft. Then you transfer them into the soup. And, uh, of course, they continue to cook in the soup, and they kind of cook down a bit. Uh, oh, man, very, very good. Uh, let's see, I took chicken thighs, and I took about a pound and a half of chicken thighs and sliced them thin. And these were boneless, skinless chicken thighs. Sliced them thinly, put that into the pot, uh, red onions, uh, that was to be added to the bowls, not to the soup, but to the bowls. Green onions added to the bowls. Uh, cilantro, I did uh, quite a bit, about half half to three quarters of a bunch of cilantro and chopped that and put it into the soup. It cooked with the soup. And also a lime. I took a lime and I, I, I made uh, slices or wedges of lime. And you would squeeze that lime juice into the bowl when you were serving it. Oh, this was good. This was good. I had some pictures I put up on Facebook. Uh, what I'll do is I'm going to put the recipe together and actually post it over at catholicfoodie.com. So you'll have to go over there and check that one out. It'll probably be in a day or two. I'll have to post that that recipe. So excellent, excellent soup. And of course, like any soup, it's always better the second day. Uh, so I had some yesterday too. And uh, I don't know. It's probably going to be even better today. It's almost lunchtime for me, so I'm going to have to grab some soup. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic New Media. Well, here we are at the end of Episode 52 of The Catholic Foodie. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Father Larry. I'm telling you, I, this book is so impressive. Uh, and, and it's just, it is a kick in the butt and is so needed for me and for, for many, many, many men in our, in, our, uh, in our culture today, in our society. So an excellent, excellent book. I highly recommend it. Uh, and if you do pick it up and you are uh, reading it, let me know. I want to know what you think about it. Uh, so anyway, we are ending up right now. I want to remind you that SQPN, the giving campaign, is going on right now. You need to go over to sqpn.com. Click on the Donate button and help us to provide another year of excellent Catholic content. Uh, help SQPN to excel, to continue excelling in the Catholic new media world. SQPN.com and click on Donate. Also, before we close out, I do want to mention to you that I have a few upcoming projects for the Catholic Foodie, and I want your feedback on them. I want to know what you think. Uh, first of all, I am planning out an ebook. That's right, an ebook that will be available for sale on the website, and it's going to be a cookbook. And uh, I'd, like, I'd like to know two things from you. First of all, would you be interested in a cookbook like this, one that's available online? And secondly, what kind of stuff would you like uh, to see in that cookbook? I already know. I've already got lots of ideas myself. Uh, but I want to hear from you. I want to know what you think. So a uh, Catholic Foodie cookbook available online, which, by the way, I have to tell you, 
that ebook is sort of a prelude to a real cookbook, like a, I say real, a, uh, a hardback cookbook that you can hold in your hands. This is sort of a, a prelude to that. It's a project that I'm working on, but uh, I figured an ebook would be kind of cool. And it's, uh, you know, 30, 40 pages maybe, and uh, that that would be a good thing. So let me know what you think. Also, I do want to ask your prayers. I have been, um, well, how do I say this? Uh, there's a possibility, i put it this way, there's a possibility that there will be a short 12-segment TV uh, series for the Catholic Foodie or of the Catholic Foodie. And I, 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 I want to ask your prayers for that. That's an upcoming project that looks like it may very well happen. Um, but having short clips, it won't be like a full 30-minute episode or anything, but maybe seven, eight-minute episodes that would be uh, for television and also the website um, of The Catholic Foodie, uh, the Bible and food, basically. So a 12-episode series, I'd love to know what you think about that as well. And also just uh, for your prayers, ask for your prayers that that, uh, that particular project will come to fruition. And then finally, I'm thinking about doing a podcast series specifically on food and the Bible or food in the Bible. I've got lots and lots of thoughts on this. I've been talking about it for years, but I've never really, and we've talked about it on the show just here and there, but I've never really kind of done this systematically. I've never communicated this systematically on the podcast, on this show. So I'm wondering from you, would that be something that you're interested in? Would you like to hear a series, a specific series dedicated to food and the Bible? It won't have recipes in there necessarily. It won't have extra stuff in the show. It'll be just uh, short segments dedicated to discussing food in the Bible. And that would be a series. I don't know if it would be part of the regular Catholic Foodie feed or if I would set up a different feed for that uh, for that particular series. Anyway, I'd love to know what you think about that. So please let me know. Call me 985-635-4974. Or email me over at catholicfoodie at gmail.com. And until next time, uh, I want you to check out, first of all, the Advent calendar at catholicroundup.com. I will have a special um, uh, submission to the Advent calendar, a little reflection on uh, Christmas Eve. And it's going to be about the Holy Family. So uh, check that out, uh, catholicroundup.com. And until next time, Bon Appetit. Catholic New Media.